South Carolina's projected starting lineup for the defensive secondary heading into 2022 is looking pretty good. But can the same be said about the people behind them? I'll be discussing that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines, potential storylines, and your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. Okay, so if you've been following the show for about the last week or so, I have been giving some breakdowns on all of the position groups for South Carolina's football team heading into fall camp. And for today's show, I'm going to break down South Carolina's defensive back position group. And with the defensive back position group, there's a lot of guys on South Carolina's roster. So because of that, I'm not going to talk about every single guy in both the safety and cornerback position groups. Instead, I'm going to try to test myself a little bit and see really who I think is going to be in the too deep for the secondary this next season. And I'm also going to be talking about why Lady Luck, in regards to health, is going to be very important for South Carolina's secondary throughout the 2022 football season. So let's go ahead and get on right into today's show. So let's start off with the starters in the defensive secondary. And I'll be honest, this really wasn't difficult to come up with. And Quite frankly, you could pretty much chalk up the guys at every single position without very much of a debate or discussion. And in my opinion, when you look at this group as a whole, they're one of the most underrated and experienced secondaries in the entire SEC. And starting off at Nickelback, we're going to talk about Cam Smith. Now, the way I can describe Cam Smith as a player, he is going to be a starter playing on Sundays very soon. Cam Smith has won many preseason honors heading into fall camp and the upcoming season. I'm not going to list all of them on today's show, but he looks to be one of the top two or three corners in the SEC this season and a potential first-round pick in the NFL draft this coming April. He earned an honorable mention All-American nod from Pro Football Focus after the 2021 season where he played 11 games and started seven of them, and he would have started more games if he hadn't dealt with some nagging injuries last year. He was credited with 11 pass breakups, three interceptions, and he only allowed multiple catches, and get this, two games. Only gave up multiple catches in two games. That is unheard of in college football. Tells you just how good of a corner Cam Smith is. And of course, Cam Smith has always been viewed as a guy that is the next one up in the defensive secondary behind guys like J.C. Horn, Israel Mukwamu. He came out of high school with a four-star rating and was a local kid from right here in South Carolina and was looked at as the next one. It took a couple years, but this past season, Cam Smith really started to show what he can do on the football field. Now, he was converted to Nickelback during the spring due to the loss of Carlin Spatel to the NFL and David Spaulding to injury. And he ended up wowing coaches with his play in practice, with Shane Beamer saying at one point at a press conference that 
it's kind of amazing that the coaching staff took this long to actually put him in there at Nickelback, basically making them look like fools for not having done so up to this point. So he now looks like he could end up being the team's Nickelback heading into this next football season. Of course, if maybe he's a little bit uncomfortable when he's out there, they could easily just move him right back to an outside corner slot. But at least to start the season, Cam Smith looks like he'll be the Nickelback for the Gamecocks. Now going to the outside corner positions, I'll start off with Darius Rush. Rush is a perfect example of great development, to put it bluntly. And personally, I think that Darius Rush could surprise a lot of people in the SEC this upcoming season. He was a guy that got a lot better overall over the course of the 2021 season, considering it was his first year as a starter. Now, he did undergo shoulder surgery in the offseason, which did cause him to miss the spring entirely. But Rush, in my opinion, with another year in this system, could be an all-SEC caliber corner. And again, and the fact that he came to South Carolina playing quarterback in high school was then moved to wide receiver his first year. Then a little bit into his second season, played corner. Then two years ago, he got some playing time, but mainly on special teams. Then last year, Pretty much out of necessity, he got put right in the lineup, and Darius Rush went out there and did really well considering the circumstances. And again, because of all that, I think that Darius Rush is prime to surprise a lot of people that aren't South Carolina fans this next season. Now, the other outside corner starter, in my opinion, is going to be Marcellus Dow, who's a good athlete who I believe now is probably fully adjusted to Power 5 football. Now, he admittedly was a guy who, coming out of Georgia Military College in 2021, was someone who probably wasn't fully prepared to to face the athletes that the SEC has to offer. Dial is a good athlete in his own right, and he also brings a solid frame. But obviously, as I've mentioned multiple times on this show, the players in the SEC are just different, especially when you're not playing against other junior college players. And in fairness to Marcellus Dial, there's very few that can handle that kind of transition quickly. And considering the circumstances, Dow didn't do bad. He played in all 13 games still last season, including seven starts. And in my opinion, with Kim Smith being moved to nickel, Darius Rush obviously locking down the other outside corner slot, Dial now has had the chance to prepare and is ready and prime to take over one of these two starting corner slots this next season on defensive side of the ball and show Gamecock fans what he can truly do. Moving on to the safety position real quick. Devonnie Reed is going to be one of the starting safeties. And in my opinion, he is the most impressive transfer that no one outside of South Carolina is talking about regarding the transfer portal haul the Gamecocks had this past offseason. He's a graduate transfer, of course, from Central Michigan. And he's been one of the most productive safeties in the country during his college career, racking up 287 career tackles in four seasons with the Chippewas and playing in 43 career games, starting 41 of them. Now, I'm not, of course, saying he's going to be Jalen Foster. Foster was a fantastic player for this secondary last year, was a team captain, and was named a second-team All-American last year by the Walter Camp Foundation. So, and a big, and a very big honor for Jalen Foster. So I'm not saying he's going to do everything that Jalen Foster did, but I don't think we could have done any better than getting Devonnie Reed in terms of a short-term replacement at this safety spot. And he lays the wood on anybody in his path, and he will instill fear in opposing wide receivers going across the middle of the field and running backs taking outside runs to the sidelines. 
And then for the last spot in the starting lineup, the other safety position, I'm going to go, of course, with R.J. Roderick. And I've simply turned him as a guy who's been around the block a few times. And in this case, this will be his fifth time going around the block. R.J. Roderick is a fifth-year super senior who has been a starter at some point in the season every year he's been here, playing in 43 career games and starting in 33 of them, collecting 198 career tackles in the process. That's just the kind of stuff that you cannot replace. Like Defani Reed, he's known as a hard-hitting safety, and with his experience in the SEC, and like I've said with some of these other guys, another year in Clayton White's system, Roderick should be a veteran leader in the back end of this defense this next season. Now, of course, this starting lineup, when you look at the experience and when you look at the overall talent as a whole, looks to be one of the better secondaries in this entire conference, and I fully believe that. But I do believe, Gamecock fans, we need to have a conversation about the depth in the secondary and why we should maybe be concerned about that. But before I do get into all of that, for those of you who are interested in gambling, I do need to talk to you all about BetOnline.net real quick. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You'll find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including college football and NFL futures, regular season Major League Baseball, and of course all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC all the way to boxing. BetOnline acts as a continuous source for all of your sporting wagering information, and that includes live betting, esports, and a whole lot more. So, again, be sure to head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, now moving on from the starting lineup in the secondary my projected starting lineup. let's move on to who I project to be the second stringers in the secondary starting off at nickelback with David Spaulding who I would describe as the most reliable backup option of the entire group now Spaulding was a Georgia Southern transfer back in 2021 and he played in all 13 games this past year starting in five of them although the majority of these starts came at the beginning of the season before Carlins Patel sort of slowly but surely took over the starting role in that nickelback position. And Spaulding missed the entire spring due to an offseason surgery, but because of the time away, he probably will now have more of a chance to mentally adjust more to the SEC, and he'll also have the chance to learn behind one of the better corners on the entire team in the entire conference, and maybe even the country, in the new nickelback, Cam Smith. Now, for the outside corner slots, I'll start off with O. Donnell Fortune. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced his name, by the way. I promise y'all I'm working on name pronunciations. I'm trying to get those right. But to describe O'Donnell, I would describe him as one with positional versatility. Fortune is a home state product who's played in 11 career games up to this point. And he's someone who has shown coverage ability and also does have the frame being listed at six foot one and 185 pounds to be an outside corner. But Fortune has never been thrown into the fire as a starter before. And I do admittedly wonder how he would fare against a more physical wideout, considering that he is a safety by trade. He was moved to corner not long after he came to South Carolina, but he was projected as a safety coming out of high school in Sumter. Now for the other outside corner slot, this is where... I, quite honestly, just made a complete wild card of a pick. I projected Keenan Nelson Jr. T. 
to be the other outside corner in the second string. Now, the thing about Keenan Nelson Jr. is he quite literally just arrived during the summer period, and he was listed as a safety and the 221st best prospect nationally in the previous cycle, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. And he's someone who's kind of viewed in the same light as Fortune, as someone who can play just about anywhere in the secondary, or at least can play multiple different spots. And based on his film coming out of St. Joseph's Prep School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, I believe that with his ball skills as a defender, the ability to catch the ball for picks, and the ability to also punch the ball out subsequently to cause fumbles, he was very good at this back in high school, and his ability to play either in the box or back in coverage, I do think that makes Nelson a very viable option out of all of the incoming freshmen, and especially the summer enrollees for the 2022 defensive back class. But of course, as I mentioned earlier, the lack of experience and summer enrollment is going to test this projection in fall camp. But if there's any freshman that I believe can come in and do this right away, I do believe it is Keenan Nelson Jr. Now moving on to the projected second stringers at safety. I'll talk about Isaiah Norris first. Now he's another Georgia Military College transfer from the 2020 offseason. He played in the final four games of last year for the Gamecocks. And with the added Juco experience combined with his time in the system, Norris immediately becomes one of the top guys in the safety rotation behind the starters. Albeit, he is somebody who, at least in my opinion, could use a little bit more time to develop. And then the other safety, in my opinion, in the second string, at this point, will be Tyrese Ross. I'm going to give the nod to the guy who's got a lot more college football playing experience. Now, of all the guys I'm projecting as backups for the secondary, Ross is the one Gamecock fans had the highest expectations for coming in when transferring from Washington State in the 2020 offseason. He played in seven games last year, but he really didn't make all that much of an impact, at least statistically. He was only credited with one tackle last season, which was against Eastern Illinois in game one of the season. Being a fifth-year player in college football, along with another year in Clayton White's system, Ross, in my opinion, should be able to contribute much more this next season. Now, of course, there are some other players who could potentially push for playing time in the secondary, and there was three that came to my mind immediately. First, safety B.J. Gibson, the transfer out of Navy, who I believe is actually a fourth, fifth, or sixth-year player in college football. Gibson, in my opinion, did really well in the spring game, especially when it came to to tackling. I thought that he was really good at diagnosing plays from the back end of the defense. And again, being a surefire tackler, I think he's a guy that could potentially push for some snaps at that safety spot. Safety Peyton Williams will be another one. Out of all the freshmen that enrolled early back in January of this year, Peyton Williams is one of the freshmen I've been the most impressed with. I thought that he played very well in the spring game. He played the spring game like he was a third or fourth year player in college. Seeing where the ball was going more often than not on running plays, coming up and either affecting the ball carrier, whether they had to go make a cut to another area of the field, or he was able to make the tackle himself. Peyton Williams was around the ball in one way or another, throughout the entire spring game. And I was just thoroughly impressed with what he showed. And if there's one other freshman besides Keen Nelson that could break this too deep, I think that Peyton Williams has the best chance of doing that. And it's no offense to all the other guys. I just think as of this moment, Peyton Williams is the most game-ready freshman out of all of the defensive back recruits from this previous cycle. And then the last one is athlete Nick Emanwari. And I say athlete because... 
Nick is a guy who, based on what he did back at Irmo High School, again, not too far away from Columbia, South Carolina, Nick is a guy who can play multiple spots. He can play linebacker. He can play nickel. He can play safety. Now, in my opinion, I think that he fits better maybe as a linebacker or as a safety. But as of right now, I do think he's being slotted as a cornerback on this depth chart. But again, with the positional versatility, if maybe a couple injuries take place, or if maybe some of the guys that are listed as backups aren't performing as well in fall camp, Nick and Mayweather could potentially end up finding his way into the second string if he ends up being like a sponge with Clayton White's defensive system. All right. Well, now that I have given y'all my projections for both the starting lineup and the backups for South Carolina's secondary on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to discuss a couple of the reasons why South Carolina fans really need to hope that the starters in the secondary stay healthy in 2022. Now, I think that we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't say that we had some luck on our side this past season. But when I say luck on our side, I'm, of course, mainly talking about health. And this goes for every single college football team every single year. If there's one thing that can derail a team's championship hopes, whether it be for the conference championship or even a college football playoff appearance or a national championship, it is always injuries. I mean, you look at Alabama. They lost their two top wideouts from the SEC title game onward. And when they played against a team like Georgia who could match their talent on the field, they just weren't able to come up with enough plays to win at the end of the day, at least in the national championship game, which, of course, mattered the most compared to the SEC title game. And, of course, I'm not saying that South Carolina is going to win any championships or be competing for championships this year. I'm just saying that overall, no matter who you talk to, no matter what team you pull for, health is always going to be one thing that you really need to hope the ball bounces your way throughout the season. So for the reasons why this secondary needs to stay healthy, I'll start off first with the experience dip. Now, there's a massive discrepancy between both the starters and the backups that I have projected in terms of experience at this level of football. So not including Devontae Reed since he played group of five ball up until this season. The starters minus Devontae Reed have all played in 91 career games at South Carolina. While the projected second stringers that I've put out in this video would have 35 career appearances between all of them if it played out that way. Obviously, doing the quick math there, that would be 56 less career appearances. And considering the other reasons I'm about to mention, in my opinion, that would not play very well in the favor of South Carolina. The second reason why I think the stars in the secondary need to stay healthy the roster is made up of a lot more safeties than corners. When you look at the guys that are our big-time scholarship players, the guys that are more than likely going to be playing snaps on the field, on defense, this next season, only three of the projected corners that I have in my projected two deep are true cornerbacks. Those guys are Cam Smith, David Spaulding, and Marcellus Dial. That's two starters and one backup. While everyone else is a safety by trade, with the exception of Darius Rush, who, as I mentioned earlier, started as a receiver when he came to South Carolina. And in my opinion, we also don't go three deep from a talent aspect at cornerback. You think about all the guys I mentioned that could push for playing time outside of my projected two deep earlier. Peyton Williams, B.J. Gibson, Nick Emanuel. Out of all three of those guys, there's only one guy 
that I listed in that group that could maybe play nickel corner. And that is Nick Emanuary. But Nick Emanuary is going to be playing all over the place. Peyton Williams and B.J. Gibson, they're both safeties. So especially at corner, doomsday scenario for South Carolina fans in this secondary. If Cam Smith gets banged up, let's say he can't stay healthy throughout the season. He gets dinged up with little injuries here and there, kind of like last year. And then let's say Darius Rush or Marcel Style, gosh forbid, goes down and they miss multiple games. Y'all, we're in serious trouble at that point because then we're not going to be able to sub out very many guys at those corner spots because, to be honest with you, after these backups I listed, the drop-off in talent is quite significant. And, again, I'm not trying to offend the rest of the guys that are on this roster, but in my opinion, it's just the honest truth. Behind the starters and the second string at corner, Gamecock fans have a lot of reason to worry if injuries were to pile up. So, for the love of everything that is holy, we have got to hope that Cam Smith, Marcel Style, Darius Rush, and of course all the backups subsequently stay healthy during this season so that we don't run into issues there. And then the last reason why we really need this secondary to stay intact and stay healthy this season is the quarterback depth in the SEC as a whole. This is one of the deeper quarterback classes that the SEC has had in a very long time. You look at all 14 teams in the SEC, you can quite literally go about 10, 11 quarterbacks deep in this conference and feel pretty comfortable overall with that quarterback. Now, of course, South Carolina is not playing the entire conference's quarterback class for this upcoming season, but they are still playing some pretty solid guys. And those players include Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas, Stetson Bennett out of Georgia, Max Johnson or Haynes King out of Texas A&M, whoever wins that quarterback battle. Anthony Richardson at Florida, in my opinion, has got a very, very high ceiling. And, of course, we'll be playing him later in the season. So he could maybe be he could be humming in that Florida offense by the time the Gamecocks travel to Gainesville. And then you got Will Levis from Kentucky. And, I mean, look, I don't think he's a first-round talent. I don't think he's anywhere near a first-round talent. I think that he was very fortunate to have the guys he had around him last year helping him. But Will Levis has at least shown glimpses of being a guy who can carry a load if he needs to. Again, we'll see if he can do that consistently this year, but he does have some solid quarterback traits. So South Carolina is not facing slouches at quarterback is my final point with this last reason. And because of all this, again, if South Carolina's secondary has a couple of injuries occur, and then we have to throw some guys out there into the fire, these quarterbacks and these coaches who in the SEC, you know, with like I've said with athletes and how good the athletes are in this conference, same thing goes for coaches. The best coaches in the country, in my opinion, most of them coach in the SEC. Coaches catch on quickly. Coaches are going to expose matchups, mismatches. They're going to see if guys who are inexperienced can handle the moment. That definitely takes place when guys go down with injuries. Coaches will definitely take advantage of that. And so against these quarterbacks, if our secondary is not intact, yeah, South Carolina at that point may have to worry a little bit. Unless the pass rush up front has gotten significantly better, which I definitely think there's a chance of that happening. But of course, we only had 26 sacks last year. So again, we don't need to be trying to put the entire onus in terms of pass defense on the front four. The secondary paired up with that front four ought to make the pass defense once again really solid for South Carolina. But if the secondary does not stay healthy at that point, Gamecock fans, we might need to worry a little bit concerning some of the bigger games this upcoming season. Games South Carolina wants to flip. Games, period, that the Gamecocks want to be more competitive in. 
this next year. SATCOM wants to be able to change their perception. A lot of that could ride on this secondary, more so than fans are talking about heading into this next season. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it today for the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what are your thoughts on my projected starting lineup and second string for the secondary? Is there somebody that maybe you think I snubbed from my projected depth chart? Do you think maybe there's a guy in the second string that could work their way up into the starting lineup? Are there maybe some guys that I didn't talk about in today's video that you think deserve to be mentioned? And also, what do you think could happen if this secondary does get dinged up? If Worst case scenario takes place. A couple guys get hurt. How bad could things get back there? I do want to hear your thoughts and opinions down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to this on audio podcast apps, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, then make Locked On SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in just 30 minutes. Again, make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 